0: Verse number 38. هُنَالِكَ daa زَكَرِيَّا Rabbahu. At that, or عَلَيْهِ Salam, called upon his Lord. When? Where? At what? In the previous verse, we learned that the mother of Maryam, when she made a vow to devote her child to the service of the deen, to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, she took her daughter to the Baytul al And then, her daughter, Mariam, she was placed under the guardianship of Zakariya, which meant that he would teach her, he would look after her needs, and he would come and attend to her as well, in the sense that if there was anything that she would need to look after her well being, only he would come to her because she was in a separate room in a separate Mihrab in the Baitul Muktas. Why? Because in the Baitul Maktas there were only men. Right, So for her privacy, she had a separate room in which she would worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the time. And Zakariya alayhi salam, when he came to see her once, what did he find with her? rizqa provision, some kind of food. And when he asked her that, Maryam, where did you get this from? She said, this is from Allah. Allah can provide whomsoever He wills without any account. When Zakaria alayhi salam, Saw that, and when he heard that response, what happened? Immediately, right there and then, he made a dua to Allah. Why did he make a dua to Allah upon seeing the rizq with Maryam, upon hearing her response? What's the connection? That if Allah can give her something, then He can also give me. Allah's treasures are boundless, they are not limited. Allah's mercy is endless. If Allah can give her rizq, then can He not give me what I need? Of course He can give me. So hunalika, look at the word hunalika. Hunalika means at that time, at that place. This is a word that indicates place and time. So at that very place He was, and what was that place? The mihrab of Maryam. And what time was it? When He heard her response. Immediately, instantly, daa zakariya. Zakariya عَلَيْهِ salam He made du'a, he called out to. He called out to who? Rabbahu, To his Lord. He made a du'a to him. He asked him immediately. Typically what happens? If we see someone who has something that we also want, but we don't have it, then how do we feel? Sometimes we feel jealous, but other times you don't feel jealous. You're happy that the other person has it, But you feel kind of sad and a little hurt, a little depressed, right? deprived that I don't have what she has and I want it badly. It could be that somebody has children and we want children, but we don't have children. And we have been trying, we have been asking Allah, but we don't have. And when you see someone carrying their baby, or when you hear that someone is expecting, then you know you have that feeling in your heart that I wish I could have that too. Or you see that all your friends are getting married and you're not getting married, and you are at your friend's wedding or her engagement party or whatever, and you see that she's all dressed up and you're happy for her, but at the same time you feel a little sad for yourself. Has it ever happened? That somebody is going to university, and you're not able to because you don't have the money. Somebody gets a house and you don't get it because you can't afford it. Somebody got a car, but you don't have it. Somebody has a phone, but we don't have it. It happens because people are not the same. Now, typically, what do we feel? We feel bad in our hearts. That poor me. That how sad, I don't have this, I don't have that. And this is natural to have such a feeling. You feel bad for yourself. But what do we see in the reaction of Zakariya a.s.? That he doesn't feel sad and deprived, that, oh, I'm so miskeen, so mazloom No. He calls on to Allah immediately. And this is the solution. That when we feel that we don't have something that we want, then we should ask Allah and ask Him immediately. Don't think that, yeah, when I go to Umrah, then I will ask Allah to give me children. No, why wait for that long? Ask now. Ask instantly, immediately. So, Hunalika da'a Zakariya Rabbahu. He asked his Lord immediately. And what did he say? Qala, he said, Rabbi, O my Lord, Habili. O Allah, O my Lord, you gift me. You give me. Give me what? Milladunka From yourself. I want from you. What? ذُرِّيَّةً Good children. Good offspring. Pure, good offspring. But I want this as a gift from you. رَبِّي هَبِلِي I want you to notice the word هَب. The word هَب is from the root letters وَهَبَ. wahaba Yahibu Is to give something as a gift to someone. And it's such a gift that has no strings attached. Meaning that nothing at all is expected in return. It's such a gift that is given without expecting anything in return. Meaning you don't want a thank you note. You don't want a phone call. No. You don't want a gift in return. You don't want that person to invite you. No. You want nothing from them. What is it? A gift. Why? Solely for the purpose of benefiting the other person. It is given solely, only, purely for the benefit of the other. Okay? And this means that the gift that you're giving them, they cannot pay back for it. They cannot give you the price for it. Do you understand? Because you don't expect anything in return, so even if they give you something, it's not going to be equal to you know, the feeling or the love with which you gave them what you gave. Nothing can be equal to that. Okay, so notice the word Habili. He says, Oh my Lord, Habili, you gift it to me. Meaning, I cannot get it myself. I cannot thank you enough for it. I cannot pay the price for it. I am not worthy of it. No, I can only take it as a gift from you. Because this is a reality. Whatever we have is from Allah, and can we ever thank Him enough? Can we? No. Can we ever say that we thanked Allah for whatever He has given to us? Can we ever say that we are worthy of it? No. Can we get it ourselves? Can we afford it ourselves? No, we cannot. So He's saying, Oh Allah, you gifted to me, grant me a child whose price I can never pay. And I cannot pay. I'm not worthy of it, I cannot afford it myself. I need you to grant me. I need you to give it to me. Rabbi Habili, oh my Lord, you gift me. Milladunka from yourself. Milladunka from yourself. What does this mean? Everything we have is from Allah anyway. But when this is said from yourself, then that means out of your special mercy out of your special mercy. And it can only come from you. And when it is said, from you, then it means that it is very, very important and very special and very valuable. Because what comes from Allah is very important. Two people gift you something. One is a stranger and another is a very special person to you. Let's say your mother or your spouse or your best friend. Now what is more beloved to you? What do you like more? Of the two gifts, what do you like more? What is more important to you? The one that was gifted to you by the one whom you love. Do you understand? Like typically when girls get married, they get a lot of gifts from their mother's side of the family and their husband's side of the family. But what do they feel is more precious to them? What their mother gave them. What their father gave them. And what the mother-in-law gave, even if it's very expensive, yeah, it's from my in-laws it's from my in-laws but this my mother gave this my grandmother gave why because it's from the one whom you love more so miladunka oh allah from yourself very special and what does he ask for al tayyibah children offspring a child but what kind of a child tayyibah good what does it mean by this word Tayyiba. it's from tayyib طيب, tayyibah that which is clean good and this ta'hiba doesn't just mean good in the physical sense, clean in the physical sense. This includes tangible طيب as well as intangible طيب. Meaning that which is good and pleasing in the physical sense as well as the intangible sense. Now when is a child, when is a person pleasing to you in the physical sense? When they are physically good looking? Okay. You see, every child their parents think that their child is very beautiful. Okay, You ask any mother, she will think that her child is the best-looking child ever. Okay, A child is physically tayyib when there are no physical deformities, when it's physically healthy. Because when there is even the slightest problem, the slightest problem, then that hurts the parents. It hurts the parents. Somebody told me recently about when they had their baby, they were nursing their baby right after the birth. And when they were burping or whatever, they noticed that one ear was slightly different from the other. And she said, I got so afraid. I got so scared. That does my child, is there something abnormal? Is there some kind of deformity? This other lady mentioned to me about how she saw a child who had six fingers and not five. Six. And anytime anybody noticed... You know, they were embarrassed. Okay? Now, these deformities, whatever it may be, yes, this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we accept it. And just because someone has a slight deformity doesn't mean that they are any less. But, just because someone is even slightly different, it makes the parents a little bit more conscious. Right? They feel hurt. So ذُرِّيَّةً tayyiba First of all means physically healthy, physically sound in their body. Okay? And this includes everything from the hair to the height, to the eyes, to the ears, to the whole body. Everything is included in that. And then in the intangible sense, ذُرِّيَّةً tayyiba A good child. What does that mean? What does that mean? Yes. Okay, knowledge, good manners, right? Good character. So all of this is important. So he says, Rabbi habli مِن لَدُنكَ ذُرِّيَّةً طَيِّبًا And he says, إِنَّكَ سَمِيعُ الدُّعَاءُ Look at how he ends his prayer. That, O oh Allah, indeed you are one who hears the supplication. That if you're called upon, you respond. You hear what I'm saying to you, and you don't just hear, but you listen, you respond. Because Samir is from Samr. And Samr means different things. One is to hear. And the other is to accept. And then the third level is to respond. You ask someone to get you water. They hear your request. Then the next level is that they listen to you. Meaning they are willing to bring it to you. And they're not just willing, but they actually bring it to you. So indeed you hear the dua, you listen, you accept, you respond to the dua that... People make to you. So, O oh Allah, this is my du'a. Please respond. kasamir ad-du'a. So what happened? He made the du'a. And soon after that, malaika. Then the angels called him. Called who? Called Zakariya The word nadathu is from the root letters نُون from the word nida. What does nida mean? To call out. So the angels called out to him. Called out to who? To Zakaria A.S. Now, over here, Malaika is mentioned, and we know that Malaika is plural, so it's angels. But, it was Jibreel, the angel Jibreel only, who called upon Zakaria A.S. Because we know that, whenever revelation was to be sent to the prophets of Allah, which angel would bring it? Jibreel. Right? So why is the plural used? For honor. Because this was a great message. So, فَنَادَتْهُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ And it's quite possible that along with Jibreel, there were other angels as well, who had come to deliver this good news to him. So, فَنَادَتْهُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَهُوَ قَائِمٌ While he was standing. Zakariya alayhi while he was standing, and قَائِم from قَاف Mim, قَامَ يَقُومُ He was standing, Yusalli فِي المحراب, He was praying salah, In the mihrab. Now imagine, he is standing in prayer, okay, in the mihrab, and the angel calls out to him. What is mihrab? We have done this word earlier. It's the area designated for prayer. It's used for the place where the Imam stands and also for the rest of the area or a room or whatever that has been designated for the worship of Allah. So he's standing in the masjid, in the mihrab. Performing the Salah, and the angel calls out to him, Annallaha That indeed Allah yubashiruka. He gives you good news. Allah gives you good news of what? Of who? Yahya. Of Yahya. Meaning of a son that Allah will give you, whose name shall be Yahya. Now, we might find this a little bit strange. He's praying Salah. And during his salat, the angel talks to him. Yes. Because the angel, when he's talking to him, he's bringing him revelation. Okay? And the prophets of Allah, even in their salat, they would receive revelation. Like once the prophet, sallallahu alayhi he was praying salatul kusuf, the eclipse prayer. When there is an eclipse, then a salat that we should pray at that time as well. So the Prophet was performing that prayer and after that he mentioned to the people that in that prayer, in that Salah he was shown many things. Okay, So he was standing there but what does it mean? That revelation was given to him. So likewise Zakariya he was performing the Salah and the angel came and delivered the good news to him at that time. Likewise you see that once the Prophet was praying Salah and in the middle he took his shoes off. Why? Later on what did he say? That Jibreel told him that his shoes were not clean. So this is why he took his shoes off. But he was praying at that time. Okay? So the angels would bring the messages of Allah to the prophets, even when the prophets were praying. Why do you think at that time? Because when a person is praying, especially a prophet of Allah, when they're praying, who are they talking to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are cut off from the rest of the world in the sense that they're not looking at anything, they're not talking to anybody, nobody is distracting them, nobody is speaking to them. And at that time, Allah gives them the good news. Allah gives them the good news at that time. So, Zakaria alayhi salam, he was standing in prayer, and the angel said that indeed Allah gives you good news of Yahya. Of a son whose name will be Yahya. It is said that the name Yahya is from the word Hayat. And what does Hayat mean? Life. And Allah gave Yahya a.s. this name. Why? To indicate that he shall live. Meaning he shall be born. He shall be given life. Because Zakariya salam and his wife both were very old. So it's amazing that they had a child. So a child who is to be born from parents who are old. And also to indicate that he shall remain. What does it mean by that? That he shall remain, meaning his good name, his good mention will remain. And this is true. Yahya came hundreds of years ago until today. He is mentioned in good terms, in good words. So, أَنَّ اللَّهَ يُبَشِّرُكَ بِيَحْيَا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not just deliver the good news of the birth of a son to Zakaria, but also the good qualities of Yahya. Okay? This is just like someone wants to have a girl. Okay? And they find out they're expecting. And then they go for an ultrasound. Okay? And when they go for an ultrasound, they're told, you're going to have a girl. Are they going to be happy? They're going to be very happy. Because they know that it's not just a child that I'm going to have. I'm going to have a girl. It's what I want. Now imagine if those ultrasounds could tell you more about the qualities of your child. If they could, then you'd be very, very happy. You'd be even more excited. You'd be even more thrilled. Right? This is why people go for 3D ultrasounds to figure out what the child will look like to find out more details, but there is a limit. But this is amazing, that Zakaria A.S. is not just given the news of the birth of a child, but the name of that child Allah gives him. Allah tells him. And not just the name, but further great qualities as well. them, first of all, musaddiqan. One who will confirm, from the word tasdiq, sadda al-qaf. He will confirm the truthfulness. He will confirm the truthfulness of who, of what, of bi kalimatim min Allah, of the kalima, the word from Allah. What is this kalimatim min Allah, the statement, the word of Allah? This expression, word from Allah, many times this is used for Isa salam. This expression is used for who to refer to Isa salam. Why is he called kalimatim min Allah? Because he was born out as a result of the word be that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Typically, people, human beings are born as a result of what? That from a father and a mother. Right? From a father and a mother. But the birth of Isa a.s. was very different. He was not born out of a father and a mother. He was conceived by his mother. How? Because Allah said, kun. Because Allah said a word, kalima. Okay, a statement that kun, be, come into existence. And Maryam conceived him. So, kalimatim min Allah, from Allah. It was an order from Allah, a command from Him. So, Yahya what was He going to do? He was going to confirm the truthfulness of Isa because Isa a.s. was going to face a lot of opposition from the Bani Israel. And inshallah we will learn about that. A lot of opposition. Not just him, but his mother also was accused. Okay, And the people opposed him so much to the extent that they attempted to kill him. So he needed support. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Yahya a.s. Okay. Why? So that he would confirm the truthfulness of Isa, alayhi salam. So, musaddiqan bi kalimatin minallah. Sayyidan. More qualities. Of who? Of Yahya, alayhi salam. First quality is musaddiq. Second quality is sayyid. What does this word sayyid mean? What is it translated as? A leader. The word sayyid is from the root letter sin dal. Sada Yasudu is to lead. What does it mean? To lead, to be a leader. Sayyid is a leader, the one who is followed by others, the one who has a following. The one who is at the top of the line. Others are behind him, others are following him. He is the leader basically. This is who a Sayyid is. The Prophet said, "Ana Sayyidu will the Adam wala that I am the leader of the children of Adam and there is no pride in that. Meaning, he is to be followed by the people, the Prophet sallam And it is said that Sayyid is the one who leads others and is ahead of them. Through what? How does he lead others? And how is he ahead of them? First of all, in knowledge. That he has more knowledge compared to the people who follow him. Okay, And he leads others through what? Through that knowledge as well. Likewise, Deen, that in his religion, meaning in his piety, in his righteousness, he is ahead of the people. And he also leads them through that. Likewise, Khuluq, good manners. That he leads people through his good manners. He is better than them in his good manners. And these good manners, they include generosity, they include bravery. They include patience. They include fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the one who is Sayyid, the one who is Sayyid, who is he? Someone who leads others. Someone who has been honored by Allah. Someone who fears Allah. Someone who is very pious. Someone who is knowledgeable. Someone who has the understanding of the matters that concern people. Someone who is noble. right? Someone who is respectable. So the word Sayyid includes many, many good qualities. Many good qualities are comprised in the word Sayyid. Now think about a good leader. Think about a good leader. Okay? What comes to your mind? Good qualities, right? Someone who is strong, courageous, brave, forgiving, right? Someone who is better than others in many ways. So this is who a Sayyid is. So Yahya will be a Sayyid. Now imagine someone is told you're gonna have a child and he will be the president. Imagine the state of the father and the mother. Just imagine their state. How happy they would be. Then another quality wa hasuran. What is Hasur? Hasur is from the root letters hasadra and hasara is to detain. To hold back. To prevent, to restrict. And hasur gives the meaning of hasir, meaning the one who restricts, the one who holds back, the one who prevents. Who is he holding back? Himself. Okay? Because your nafs, your desires, what do they want? If you're eating, you want to keep eating. Right? If you're having very delicious pineapple, then even if your mouth is you know, getting sore, whatever, you still keep eating. Why? Because that's the state of the nafs. It doesn't want to stop anywhere. So حصر, حصور is one who stops himself. Stops himself from what? Holds himself back from what? From mean and low characteristics. From such actions, from such manners, from such behavior that degrade and humiliate a person in the sight of Allah and in the sight of people. Now the question is, what is it that humiliates us in front of Allah and in front of people? What is it that brings a person down? Hmm? Okay, can you give me some examples of what if a person does that, then he just falls? Has it ever happened that someone whom you thought highly of, and all of a sudden you saw them doing something and you're like, I don't give any importance to them anymore. I'm not that impressed by them anymore. Before I was like, wow. And now I'm like, yeah, Whatever. So what is it that degrades people? Humiliates them, insults them. Seeing someone angry. You see somebody yelling. Angry. Their face red. And they're insulting people. They're like out of control. And you see them and you're like, wow. And all of a sudden, you don't have any respect left for them. You can't bring yourself to thinking good of them. Even if you try to respect them, you know, they've just fallen. What else? If they break your trust, they made a promise, they didn't fulfill it, you expected them to do something, they said they would do it, and they're not doing it. So what happens then? You're like, I can't trust this person again. What else? Lying. You know that a person is lying. Then what happens next time? You're like, that's it. They've fallen. So these qualities... Losing your temper, breaking people's trust, lying, these characteristics, what are they? They humiliate a person in the sight of Allah and in the sight of men. Hasoor is the one who stops himself, holds himself back from showing anger. Even when he is upset, he's not showing such anger that will make him get out of control. No matter how tempting it is, he doesn't break the trust. He's controlling himself, he's holding himself back. No matter how much he wants to lie, he does not lie. He holds himself back. This is who a hasoor is. Now, two qualities are mentioned over here. What are they? Sayyid and hasur. Sayyid, what does this include? All the good qualities that make an individual better than the rest. And حصور, what does that indicate? That he doesn't have the bad qualities. Right? And so that is why he is better than the rest. So, سيد indicates that he had good qualities, and حصور negates bad qualities from him. And this is perfect praise, this is good praise. And this is what beautifies an individual. When he has certain qualities and when he does not have certain qualities. Okay? This is what beautifies a person's character. We're supposed to develop a few things and we're supposed to get rid of a few things. And the word hasoor is very interesting. Because if you imagine the word, like how sometimes you have to hold yourself back. The word Hasir is also used for a prisoner. So you have to imprison yourself, chain yourself, lock yourself. No, I'm not going to say this. I'm not going to do this. No matter how tempting it may be. So Yahya alayhi he was a sayyid and he was a Hasur وَنَبِيًّا Another quality and a prophet. A prophet of Allah, not just a righteous person, but a prophet of Allah, mina al of those who are righteous. Meaning the prophets, those who are righteous, Yahya alayhi will be one of them. Now listen to the recitation of these two verses. Reflect. <laughs> ك ذرية طيبة إنك سميع الدعاء فنادته الملائكة وهو قائم يصلي في المحراب أن الله يبشرك. And Allah, you wish you could be a Muslim because he met him in a law. He was So, what do we learn in these verses? What comes to your mind, or what came to your mind, rather, when we were? listening to these verses. That these verses give us hope. That if we want something, if we need something, that we can also ask Allah, and Allah can also give to us. That even if something seems to be impossible, or far from reality, still, don't hesitate to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't hesitate. Because Allah can do whatever He wants. You might think it's too late, You might think it's too hard now, might not be possible, so why bother asking? No, ask anyway. Because for Allah, nothing at all is impossible. And ask Allah for the best. Don't just ask for ordinary, but ask for the best. Now, one thing that we learn in these verses is that all human beings, all people are in need of Allah. They are needy before Allah. They need Allah. All of us. You might think that you have everything. You're fine. You have parents. You have money. You're going to school. So what? What's the big deal? But there will be a point in your life where you will feel that only Allah can respond to you. Only Allah can take care of you. And the fact is that whatever needs of ours are being fulfilled, they are being fulfilled because Allah is fulfilling them for us. And there are times when Allah shows to us that we need Him. Zakaria, salam. who was he? A Prophet of Allah. Now imagine, if a Prophet's needs and wishes are not being fulfilled, then whose needs and wishes would be fulfilled? I mean, a Prophet is close to Allah, isn't he? So you would think that someone who is close to Allah, someone whom Allah loves, then obviously his wishes, his needs will be fulfilled. But what do we see? That even the Prophets, they would beg Allah. So we need to beg Allah as well we are also in that position that we need to ask Allah. And if we don't ask Allah, then we are nothing. We have nothing. We can do nothing. And the Prophet of Allah, if he is asking, then we should ask too. If he is not giving up hope, then we should also never give up hope. Another important lesson that we learn, like it was mentioned earlier, that when we ask Allah, then ask for the best. And in this context, what do we learn? That when we ask Allah for children, then don't just ask Allah for children. Because children can be a big fitna. They can be a burden on a person. They can be a hujja against him. They can waste all of his good deeds. Literally. They can stop him from doing good in this world. They can make him do many wrong things in this world. And it happens. Many parents, what happens to them? They have no authority before their children. No matter how much... They resist their children, force them to do many things. So, ask Allah for what kind of children? Good children. He asks Allah for ذُرِّيَّةً طَيِّبَةً Not just ذُرِّيَّةً, but طَيِّبَةً. And طَيِّبَةً includes in the physical sense as well as the other aspect, the spiritual, the emotional, the religious, all of that is included in it. Then another important lesson that we learn in these ayat is that the desire... To have children The desire to have children Is An okay desire It is okay It is completely permissible It is completely fine To have that wish to have children Sometimes it happens with people That if they don't have kids Then they say okay This is just what Allah has decreed for me So, خلاص You know, I've accepted my fate I'm never gonna have kids Allah will never give me children. I've accepted this, and a person just feels bad in his heart or her heart, and they don't even wish anymore. Or if they wish, they feel that they are being ungrateful, that they are questioning Allah's wisdom. They are questioning Allah's decision. No, this is not questioning or objecting Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's decision or His fate. No, Zakaria was a very old man at this age. It is said that he was 120 years old still he wishes to have children? You might say, I mean, isn't it too late? No. It's completely fine. It's completely fine to have the desire to have children. And, it is completely fine. There is absolutely no problem in adopting the correct means to have children. Okay? If a person is married obviously and they're not having children and if they have to get some procedure done, some treatment done, whatever, there is absolutely no harm in that. Why? Because Zakaria ﷺ also adopted means to have children. And what was the means that he adopted? Dua. And that is the best means. That is the best way. That is the best method to adopt in order to have children. So he made dua. And if there are other means available, then there is absolutely no harm. Because many Muslims, they feel that if they cannot have children, then they should not even try anymore. They should just give up. They should just accept it as Allah's fate and decree for them. Yes, good, you're accepting Allah's decree, His fate for you for this time, but you never know. Allah can grant you in the future. This doesn't mean that you stop praying. No, you keep praying. You keep trying. You seek whatever means that you can. Because having children is something that is good. We know that when a person dies, then what happens? His good deeds, they stop. Except for what? sadaqa knowledge that he taught. And what's the third thing? A righteous child who prays for him or her. So it is completely fine to have this wish and it is completely fine. In fact, it is good to adopt the means. And of the best means is what? To make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, the thing is that as a person ages, as time passes by, then what happens? The chances of having children, they reduce. Right? And a person feels that I'm so much more older now, I don't think I can have children, and then he gives up or she gives up. No, don't give up. Zakariya was so old. Yet he didn't give up. Adopt means whatever that is possible. So this is a very, very important lesson that we learn and likewise we should also encourage people who may be in our family or in our close friends that if they're going through such a test then encourage them, give them hope don't tell them oh you know this is what Allah decreed for you so you know there is wisdom in everything that Allah decides for us yes there is but please don't say that to them they're already hurt encourage them, give them hope make dua Make du'a. adopt the means So this is something very important, but greatly, widely misunderstood amongst Muslims. Then another important lesson that we learn in these two verses is about the etiquette of making du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the etiquette? What's the correct etiquette of making du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? There are two things that we learn in particular over here. First of all, that your heart should be fully involved in begging Allah because Allah responds to the dua which is made from from who a sincere heart right a yearning heart muttar ida du'a not someone who is heedless not someone who cannot even hear the words that he's saying we're making dua allahumma you know whatever dua we're making and we don't even know what we're saying before we know it we're at the end of that dua we don't even know what we asked Allah for so the du'a of Zakariya salam, what does it show? That he was fully involved in that du'a. His heart was in it. So likewise, when we're asking Allah, don't just say, Ya Allah, please make me successful in this. Ya Allah, please give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. No. Sincerely beg. Sincerely ask. When you ask someone, a person, something that you need, how do you ask them? How do you ask them? Roughly? No. If you do that, they will not respond. We see that if we have to speak to someone of higher authority, greater authority, we have to ask them for something, request for something, then we figure it out in our heads, okay, this is what I'm going to say. And if needed, we write it down. And we ask another person, should I say this? Should I say it like this? Or should I say it like that? You know, we practice. We have it clear in our heads what we're going to ask. But when we have to make dua to Allah, we have no idea. We just say dry words that have no feeling in them, nothing. And then we complain why our our du'a is not accepted. So the etiquette of making du'a should be observed too. So the first is that the heart should be fully involved. Another important thing that we learn about the etiquette of making du'a is that when we call upon Allah, call upon Him with His names and attributes. Zakariya salam says, إِنَّكَ السَّمِيعُ du'a." O oh Allah, you hear, you respond to the du'a. So if you're asking Allah for rizq, call upon who? Raziq. When you're asking Allah for forgiveness, call upon who? Al-Ghafur, Al-Rahim. So call upon Allah with His names. Another important lesson that we learn in these verses is that Allah responds to the du'a. Okay, when a person calls upon Allah, then Allah responds to the du'a because it is said, "Idnaka Samir ad And we have learned earlier in Surah Al-Baqarah about how Allah responds to the du'a of a person. In different ways. And when is it that dua is not accepted? So if you cannot remember, then go back and check the verses and read your notes again. Then we also learn these verses that when Allah responds to the dua of a person, many times He gives to the person more than what He asked for. zakaria a.s. asked for Zuriyatan tayyibah Allah said you're not just getting dhuriat al you're getting Yahya. Someone who is musaddiq. Someone who's going to be Sayyid, Hasur, Nabiyan, Salihin." Now this is amazing. Musa alayhi mother, when she put him in the basket and put it into the river, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised her that we are going to bring him back to you. But not just that. Allah said to her. And we're going to make him of the messengers. She wanted her child back. She must have asked Allah. So Allah didn't just respond to her dua. Allah gave her more than what she asked for. And this is a reality. Many times we're asking Allah for one thing. But Allah gives us more than that. Much more than that. But this will be given to who? To the one who has hope. The one who trusts Allah. The one who has faith in Allah. The one who sincerely asks Allah, begs him. You know, a friend of mine, when I first met her, she was very sad. And um, she was mentioning to someone that no matter how much she has tried, she is unable to have children. She had had several miscarriages by that point. And she still had trust in Allah that Allah would give her children. After several miscarriages, she had a son, mashallah, and then she had another child. And both of these children she had through treatment, okay. And then, after she had two children, she's like, Alhamdulillah, you know, two children are good, Alhamdulillah. So she didn't go up for more treatment because they didn't want or they didn't think that it was as necessary. And then one day she's not feeling too good, and her stomach was like. Not too good. She's like, might as well go to the doctor. She went to the doctor and the doctor said, something doesn't seem right with your stomach. You should go for an ultrasound. She went for an ultrasound and she found out she was pregnant and she was five months pregnant. She was five months pregnant. The doctor was shocked. I mean, when she went to the doctor, the doctor didn't say go take a pregnancy test because, I mean, she could not become pregnant except through treatment. It was not physically possible. But this was amazing. She asked Allah for a child. Allah gave her not just one, but a second one and a third one as a huge surprise. And it happens in our lives that you want to see just one person, Allah makes you see so many more people. You want to get one degree, Allah gives you more. You want a little bit of money, Allah gives you more. But this is given to who? To the one who asks Allah, the one who turns to Him. So, Zakaria A.S. was given more than what he asked Allah for. Because Allah's treasures are unlimited. That only when we're clear in our thoughts, in our wish, in our words, in our dua, you know, when we're calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we can expect a good return from Allah. Right? So, إِنَّكَ سَمِيعُ dua and we learned that Zakaria A.S. His dua was responded to,